DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. The red and the blue. Every Friday, we talk Utes and Cougars. And we're talking right now with the Utes, Kyle Gunther, former Utah offensive lineman. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Kyle, good morning. DJ, PK, good morning to you gentlemen. This is so in your wheelhouse, it's unbelievable. Here comes Cal with the starting quarterback hurt, the backup quarterbacks hurt, they got a start of freshman who's a third stringer, and they've got multiple injuries on the offensive line. You, you are a former offensive lineman. Imagine yourself stepping in with little to no experience and you've got to face this youth defensive line. You've got a freshman quarterback behind you. What are you thinking right now? Well, you're trying to figure out how to hold on and just do your job because the idea is ludicrous of, of a young freshman lineman for Cal going up and having a good game against Utah's D-line. Utah's D-line is elite. Uh, it may be the best ever at Utah. And that's why the spread is so big. I mean, I checked this morning. I think it was three scores there. Uh, Cal's really struggling over the last three or four weeks. They've lost to some weird teams. I mean, last week's loss to Oregon State, I think, is the embodiment of what happens in football when you lose your quarterback. It's why I told you guys last week I thought the Utes were going to have a lot of success against Arizona State because Arizona State hadn't beaten a good team in quite a while. I mean, they beat Michigan State a while ago, but we'll see how good Michigan State ends up being. When Arizona State beat Cal, you saw that Cal had to go to Devon Monster in the second half. Monster's not a good quarterback. Then he got hurt last week. You mentioned, I, I don't know who the third-string quarterback is, Garsh or Marsh or whatever his name is for Cal, but he's going to struggle just like Jaden Daniels did for Arizona State last week. The moment you get hit from Leckie Fotu, it changes everything. Think about what USC went through when on the, I think the first series, Lucky Fotu knocked their quarterback out and they had to go to Matt Fink as the backup. The D-line is the great equalizer in football. It's the only reason Tom Brady lost a couple of Super Bowls to the Giants was that incredible Giants defensive line. And this is going to be a monster test because you, you saw Sam Darnold this week in the NFL talk about seeing ghosts. Well, that – that happens when what you see on film changes a bit and then somebody hits you in the ear hole. You've got to try to adjust, and then you're worried about getting hit after that. But the youth defensive line is elite, and I think they're going to have a lot of success against Cal this week. So put yourself in the position of an offensive coordinator or an offensive line coach or a running back coach, you know, the whole offensive staff. What would you do to try to slow down this defensive line in particular, and maybe even the linebackers if they're coming as far as that goes, because they have just had success after success, and it's building, and I'm not sure I see it slowing down any time for the rest of this season. Well, yeah, the, the adjustment that you have to make, especially if you're a running backs coach, if you're an offensive coach, you've got to keep your running backs in to protect. You can't be having your running backs dribble out and, and have them open in the flat 
and have one of those cute plays work. No, because if you rely on just your offensive line and maybe one tight end, your quarterback is going to be getting hit over and over, and it, it may not be from a blitz from the Utes. The Utes have not been a heavy blitz team throughout much of the season. They've relied on their defensive line. That means if you only rush four defensive linemen, you can drop seven guys into coverage. So back to your question, PK, what do you do to adjust? You keep your running backs in to max protect. You keep your tight ends in to protect the quarterback. And you try to rely on just a couple of guys getting open. And Cal's going to have some success. They're going to be able to run the ball a bit. But you saw what happened to a young quarterback last week in Jaden Daniels. When he got flustered, he couldn't find guys open. The game was moving too fast for him. That's got to be some kind of record. What did Arizona State throw for? 25 yards or something last week. So if I'm a Cal coach, I'm saying – how much smarter do I think I am than Herm Edwards? All right, because maybe you think you're smart, but Arizona State's got good coaches too, and they were flabbergasted. And it wasn't because of the game plan. It was because of the physical talent of the youths. And so if you're a coach, if you're an offensive coordinator for Cal, and you pay your bills based on the wins and losses, you're going to say, we have to get as conservative as possible. We cannot be out there dinking and dunking and ask our quarterback to make 40 throws because he's going to get eaten alive. No, keep it close to the vest. And Cal's got some of that power run game. So I expect Cal to try to do a lot of what Arizona State did last week because credit Eno Benjamin is a very hard-fought game for him, but he still had over 100 yards. And so that's what coaches do. They'll, They'll look at the previous week's game or the previous matchup that makes the most sense, and they'll say, what did Arizona State do well? Well, they certainly didn't pass the ball. They certainly didn't pass protect well. So Arizona State ran the power run game right up the middle, and Cal's going to do that. Cal has some similar schemes to that, so I think you're going to see a lot of Cal trying to run straight ahead, trying to work their power run game, trying to pull their offensive guards. But, no, Utah's D-line is just not going to allow Cal to get going much on those deep routes. So the adjustment Cal has to make is they have to keep more guys in to protect to try to keep their third-string quarterback upright. So when you talk about the Ute defensive line, and they've had a bunch of good ones, and now this is the best, and maybe it's the best in the country this year, is it because they're stronger? Is it because they're faster? Their technique is better? The scheme is better than it used to be? Have they actually improved on all of those things or some combination of them? Why, why is this group so good? Scheme has been the same at Utah for close to three decades The reason why Utah's D-line is good this year is, first and foremost, they are physically talented. Leckie Fotu is 6'5", 330 pounds with no body fat. Bradley and I is 260 pounds. He's got an NFL future ahead of him. They have three total D-tackles that will play in the NFL. And John Penasini looks 40 years old. I mean, he's a grown man out there. So the first and foremost reason is there are some humongous Polynesians on that D-line who have the ability to run at freakish speeds. They have speed and power. Now, the other reason is Utah's got great corners. Uh, Maybe this isn't the best secondary ever at Utah, but they have some great corners, and no one's getting open on the other side of the ball. So Utah's defensive line has been a strong point of their program for some time, but they have depth this year. Max Tupai and Mika Tafua are the guys that don't get talked about a lot, but Man, those guys were getting feisty with Arizona State. I don't know what PK's boys were doing, but there must have been some trash talk going on because you saw a lot of extracurriculars. And Max Dupai is a guy that he doesn't speak. 
I don't know if you guys have ever interviewed him. He turned us yeah. down for interviews for years. He just he will not speak. So if you get him out there pissed off, there must have been some extracurriculars there. But it comes down to finding humongous Polynesians that are six five or you know, and three hundred and twenty and three hundred and thirty pounds, and they eat up the interior blocks. They eat up the center garden center. So the tackles get one on one, and all of a sudden, you got to try to block Bradley and I one on one, or maybe you get the help from some pansy tight end, and it doesn't work out. So it, this is just a physically talented defensive line that the Utes have done a great job recruiting. Question for you then: As I watched this season so far unfold, do you think that the way to beat Utah, with the you know we already talked about up front and everything, is to take the SC mode and just chuck it up and hope your receivers make a play? No, the way to beat Utah is to keep hitting their quarterback. I am telling you, I'm getting so frustrated seeing Tyler Huntley get hit over and over, and he got the daylights knocked out of him against Arizona State. Every team is vulnerable without their quarterback. Look at Cal. They were a top 15 team, weren't they? They beat the, didn't they beat yeah. Washington? Yes, they, yes, they beat yeah, they did. in Seattle. Yeah, they're 4 0. Yeah. And they come back with their backup quarterback and they're struggling. Tyler Huntley is like having a motorcycle in Utah. It is so rad for half the year. And then once the weather gets cold, you can't use him anymore. And I say that because the last two years he's gotten hurt, and I'm no fool. Nobody lays on the ground grabbing their calf and their ankles, screaming in agony if they're not hurt. Tyler Huntley had to leave that game. And who came in? A former walk-on named Drew Lisk, not Jason Shelley. Who yeah. The youth, man, did they screw it up royally with Jack Tuttle. Two years ago, they finally find the first four-star recruit to ever come to Utah, and they don't play him. Jack Tuttle won the backup job in spring. You guys saw it. I was there, at least in my opinion. It was very clear. Jack Tuttle was the backup, but they don't play him two years ago. No, they decide to play Jason Shelley, who is a two-star quarterback who didn't make any throws in practice, and he struggled last year trying to throw the ball. He won some games, and good for him. But that was the big investment that you've made, is they decided to go with Jason Shelley over a four-star Blue-chip recruit and Jack Tuttle. Jack Tuttle got pissed and transferred, and now Jason Shelley's not even the backup. Now you're going to Drew List? Took so much flack on this when, when Jack Tuttle left. I said it was the wrong move. I said the youth screwed up, and all these Utah fans got butthurt and said, oh, Jack Tuttle quit. He wasn't a competitor. He was, okay, yes, I guess he did technically quit. But he was a very talented quarterback, and the youth should have him at their disposal right now, but they don't. Drew Lisk was one-hopping footballs, my word. At least put Jason Shelley in there, because he's the reason why you lost Jack Tuttle. Tuttle should be on campus. He should be your backup, or at least playing right now, because I don't believe for a second that Huntley's hurt. But I'm getting so sick of seeing the youths get in the top 15 through six or seven or eight weeks with Tyler Huntley, and then he gets banged up. And it's not a coincidence. It's product of college football. It's not Huntley's fault. Every mobile quarterback is getting hurt now each and every week. You need a capable backup, and it's basically the one mistake that Kyle Whittingham's made over the years. It's that timeout against Washington a couple of years ago was weird, and not being Dak Tuttle as a freshman was a huge mistake because he got pissed and he transferred. He's not some nose-to-the-grindstone linebacker. He was a four-star diva quarterback, and you screwed it up. You should have him right now, and they don't. They have a former walk-on in Drew List who apparently beat out Jason Shelley, but this backup quarterback situation has been unbearable the last couple of years, and that's the way you beat the youth. 
is you just let Tyler Huntley scramble until he takes his fifth or his sixth hit a game. And, uh, you know, everybody's mortal. So that's how you beat the Utes is you just got to get Tyler Huntley out. You think Tuttle really would have been good here because he's third string, five of ten for 27 yards at Indiana. And I'm thinking, it's Indiana. Why are there two guys playing in front of him? Did he get hurt and I missed it? No, look, the, the point is, is that, yeah, he's, he's transferred to a new program and it may not work out for him at Indiana. But USC and Alabama and Oklahoma wanted Jack Tuttle. I watched him in spring. He was the best passer with regularity in spring. And I mean, even over Tyler Huntley that year. Tyler Huntley was coming off a severe injury, and it was coming off the year where Troy Williams should have played. That whole thing was screwed up. But the point is, he got beat out in the coach's eyes by Jason Shelley. All right, well, then why the hell didn't Jason Shelley play last week? Huh? It's because Jason Shelley is not an elite passer either. So Tuttle stylistically is not at all the same as as Tyler Huntley. Uh, And it's a moot point now because Jack Tuttle left, and – now the Utes have these three quarterbacks at their disposal. Connor, or what's his name, uh, uh, the, the quarterback who transferred in from Texas, he's Rising. not eligible to play. Yeah, he, he's not eligible to play right now. So, no, I mean, the, the, the conversation is over with Jack Tuttle because it's the first four-star recruit that the Utes ever landed at quarterback, and they decided to redshirt him like that's ever going to work out. So the Utes decided to make that bet, and now they got to sleep in it. But at least play Jason Shelley, because he's the one that apparently beat out the four-star quarterback, Jack Tuttle. So I'd like to see the Utes use Jason Shelley at that point. But, no, Jack Tuttle is not going to be a first-round draft pick. Obviously, he hasn't made that transition well, but I've never seen a quarterback that dialed in technique-wise. I've never seen a quarterback that skilled as a freshman before, and that was a couple of years ago. Okay, so then with that in mind, do you just dumb down the game plan against Cal because I don't think that they need to take chances, so there's really no need for Tyler Huntley to get hit at all. Just have him quick throws, get the hand the ball off the Moss, build up a little bit of lead and get him out of there? <laughs> have you ever seen Huntley do that? I mean, I, I'm with you. That's the idea on paper, but Huntley's a competitor. He cannot help himself from diving for the extra yard, from taking hits, from spinning out. He and Zach Moss had a couple of really nasty hits that they got uh, th- that they were you know suffering from against Arizona State. Arizona State's a physical team. Tyler Huntley wanted to win that game, but the Utes should have been up thirty-five to nothing in that game. A couple of weird fumbles. Otherwise, the Utes were completely dominant over Arizona State. ASU wasn't doing anything, but no, you, you can't change Tyler Huntley. It took him till his senior year to get above two hundred pounds, and this is just the style of play that he uses. So. The Utes are the best team in the Pac-12 South and maybe the best team in the Pac-12 with Tyler Huntley, but we've been saying that for a couple of years now. So, yeah, you dumb down the game plan because I don't think Cal's going to move the ball an inch against the Utes. Arizona State really struggled with a freshman quarterback, who I think is pretty good. Jaden Daniels is a good player. I don't know who this Cal quarterback is now. I think Garbers is all right. I think Devon Monster's terrible. And then whoever this freshman is, I think he's really going to struggle. So, it's not about this week for the Utes. It's about that Washington game. And then, oddly enough, UCLA and Arizona, they're playing a real up-and-down brand of football. UCLA's found a little bit of life. Uh, I think Colorado's terrible, though. So I think the Utes can really close out the South well, and they can still win this division. But this is a team that's good enough to play in the Rose Bowl. This is a team that's good enough to be knocking on the New Year's Six door. I'd hate to see another really talented Utah team 
struggle because their quarterback gets hurt. So, again, I was, I was watching Huntley last week and just thinking, you know, when you're driving around Utah and it's August and the dude pulls up next to you in the cool Harley and he's revving his engine, it's just like you're so jealous. I always want to get out there. Motorcycles look so cool here, and then you can't use them for half the year. And that's what Tyler Huntley is. The first four weeks of the season, what was he, completing 80% of his balls? He's amazing. But he's not amazing when he's on the bench. And it's so heartbreaking to see him on the ground. You know, the trainer's got to come out and drag you off the field. He's hurting. And he's a tough kid. But uh, I, I just, if the Utes don't have Tyler Huntley, things change dramatically with their offense. Kyle, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. We will talk to you again next week. Bye, gentlemen. Thank you very much.